Hello, my name is John O'Connell, and welcome to AMX Fika Leadership Podcast. So over these podcasts, I'll be speaking to some inspirational and innovative data and analytic contributors from across industry and the health and care sectors. I'll be asking each of them to share with us some of the exciting work they have underway, which is helping to shape the health and care analytics space, as well as asking some of them their motivational insights into their career paths to date. So why FICA? FICA is a social phenomenon in Sweden, I thought I'd borrow. It's a legitimate reason to set aside some really quality time to catch up with friends, family and colleagues over a coffee and a cake. Joining myself and Toby today is Donna Hansen. Welcome, Donna. Hello. Hello. So, Donna, you describe yourself when we spoke as a maverick aspiring project manager, currently, I believe, on succumbent. Is that right? That's um, right. A post which you said I think was funded by is funded by the Health Foundation, isn't it? Part of the Advancing Applied Analytics Program. And you mentioned, I think, wasn't it? This is aimed at improving analytical capability for health and social care. That's what the program's all about. Yes. Great. Well, Donna, welcome. Really delighted to have you join the podcast. Um, it's great to have you with us today. Um, so, on with the most important question, as we we say to our guests, um, Fika is is all about coffee and a cake. Great to see you got your coffee there. I got mine and a cake. Um, are you a coffee or tea drinker? I'm definitely, despite the fact I'm from Yorkshire, a yeah. coffee drinker. Yeah. And uh, in fact, from my youth, I'm a trained barista. Wow. So uh, I'm um, a bit over anxious <laughs> about the quality of my coffee and the quantity that I can get through the day. Ah, so what's the best coffee? What's your favourite coffee then? Well, my favourite coffees tend to be from uh, India or Indonesia or as far uh, east as Papua New Guinea. Oh. So I'd say my favourites would be uh, things like Monsoon Malabar and Sumatra Mandolin. Okay. Uh, and if I can get those um, and grind them myself, I'm a happy bunny. Fantastic. It's great. And what goes with that? What cake-wise would go with a good coffee? Oh, well, I'd like a slice of Sasha Tort to go with that. Oh, very nice. But if you have as much coffee <laughs> as I do during the day, you can't have Sasha Tort all the time. <laughs> Flying around, otherwise. You know, Donna, really welcome to the podcast. I believe we're the same for our listeners. Um, you started, I believe, your career was in academia, historian in Leeds. Is that right? Not really academic, no. Um, no. But yeah, I I very much stay in touch with what what went on in my field of expertise, which is basically yep. dark age history. So yep. if you saw the dig come out on Netflix the other night, that made me very happy indeed. <laughs> And I believe you also moved into accountancy and then into technology, is that right, through the career? That's correct. That's yeah. correct. At the yeah. uh, very beginning of the 90s, um, there weren't many job opportunities for historians, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, and I fell into uh, accountancy and yeah. fell out again quite rapidly, um, although I did learn a few uh, few bits and pieces along the way. Uh, and again, accidentally, I fell into working for digital equipment systems are now defunct and but a few people do remember them because they were a very very uh, influential technology firm uh, at that time i'm sure the history slant as well you do see some patterns repeating themselves don't you i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah so 
just for our listeners, I think it'd be really keen as we, when we spoke last time as well. We'd be, I'm sure our listeners would be really keen to hear about your career today. And as we've mentioned when we last spoke, that you know careers are not always by design. And as you you mentioned, which I thought was really good, you said positive actions, some more positive than others. Would you like to give us an idea of some of your your, your career path to date and where you've ended up? Okay, yeah. So um, when I left uh, digital equipment, um, which was basically a sales and marketing role. Um, although I was in charge of the satellite occasionally, um, I fell into working for EMIS because they're based in Leeds uh, in GP fund holding days. So that got me into thinking about um, the the requirements in a health system for data in in a digital digital way, um, and I came over the Pennines. Um, uh, in search of further work at some point. And I worked for a, a number of small uh, software firms and I did Unix system administration, network administration, uh, either remotely or on site, actually putting the boxes and wires uh, in situ. Um, and when that line of work dried up, again, I fell into the NHS entirely by accident because they decided they needed someone who knew about information and they didn't understand the difference between data and IT at the time, mm. uh, which is still a common issue. Going on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, that, that, that job was fine, absolutely great. Uh, and in between time, I worked as the project manager for an, um, an e-learning uh, company uh, and then I got into working for the NHS again, uh, this time putting the hardware, uh, the boxes and wires, into uh, the walk-in centre at Manchester Royal Infirmary. Um, and as I was doing that, it became very clear that they really needed someone to sort out the data flows because that little building was going to host three separate services. And we will all know that every service in the NHS is a very different beast and has very different data requirements. So it's a consequence of that. When I was a contractor, um, I was lassoed into <laughs> into a proper NHS job because uh, because unusually they didn't want to get rid of me. <laughs> Great, yeah, thanks. That's fascinating. There's a good spread across all technologies, data, infrastructure. Yeah, definitely. I think it's great is having that rounded view. And I think you mentioned a really good thing there about that, that. And we've probably mentioned on other calls before about, you know, informatics and the confusion around informatics. And I think, as you mentioned, the clues in the word information and metrics. And we also said that the spread of people specialised in NHS information is, is really poorly defined, as you mentioned before. Uh, and it's probably going to get worse in the short term with public health now coming more on board with, with integrated systems. How do you think we could probably help improve the understanding and the application on that? Well, first of all, you need to define your terms. Because mm -hmm. um, at the moment, uh, people at the very top and further down uh, the, the food chain are using the word digital indiscriminately. Yeah. Uh, and I can't blame them, really, because we do have a poverty of language, and digital does kind of cover a lot of it. But there's uh, a great deal of difference uh, between your the equipment that enables you to be digital, um, analysing the information that comes out of your digital enabling equipment, and doing digital transformation. And we haven't yet got um, uh, a diagram or a map that says all these things are yep. digital 
but yeah, it is unjustifiable to expect somebody that does one bit of digital to know everything there is to know about all the other bits of digital. And that's really poorly understood unless you are in IT, information management, business analytics. Um, and, and I think these days the clinical informaticians are starting to feel it as well. Mm. So it, it's a very, very broad landscape, and we do need to have a think about which bits we're going to right. be paying any attention to in the near future. Yeah, I think that's something we mentioned as well, that AFA hopefully working with NHS as well are looking to resolve and help formalise those analytical career pathways, which will, will make them a huge difference. Yeah. It will help, AFA will help resolve um, uh, the professionalisation of whatever it is you are yep. or whatever yep. it is you've got that none of the other professions seem to fit yep. um, so you know if you're a database administrator you may well go to Dharma okay? whereas you won't necessarily fit AFA's envelope particularly well mm. um, and yet you are digital and you are highly involved uh, both in IT and in the information flow so it, it it's confused because it is confusing, confusing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there, there aren't there aren't any straight lines. It really is a matrix. So I mean, in a matrix as well, but there's huge opportunity. I think you know it's a really exciting time. I think to be in health and social care and in the data sort of landscape. And one question to yourself is: if you were starting out now and you had a clean state, where would you go and why? I would probably go to social care because they're at the very beginning of the journey. Um, uh, this last year in particular has put a keen focus on what they do, uh, not just care homes, um, but all the uh, little local authority services. Um, and they, I think they are in a good place to learn from not exactly the mistakes of the NHS, the journey of the NHS in its metrics um, progress, because we used to just measure bums on seats. Now, how many new referrals do you have in this month? You know, how many uh, follow-up appointments have DNA'd? Uh, you know, nothing very earth-shattering. And we're in a position now where we can think more savvily about the kinds of things we need to be measuring um as outcomes for the clients or different things for the actual service themselves rather than yeah, how many people turned up today. So they can jettison the 15 years worth of baggage from the yeah. NHS, use our learning and get off to a really good start. There's a potential there. Uh, and, you know, if it were up to me, I'd quite like it. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> but you can't get rid of your baggage and we are where we are in, in the NHS. We've got to... Uh, We've got to fight on to make a good crack of it. Share our expertise, yeah. Toby. Thank you. Thank you for that, Donna. Um, I think you make an interesting point in that um, I guess one has to be mindful of looking forward with the lens of the past a little too much, but bearing in mind learning and, um, and things that have been done well and carrying that forward. Um, so, But based on sort of the work you've done and the, the breadth of experience you have, what would you say has been the most exciting point or what would you say has been the most exciting piece of work or, or space you've occupied within your career today? Well, a number of things um, come to mind. Um, I was heavily involved 
in upgrading uh, hardware and software uh, to take care of the Millennium Bug. Um, and I worked many long nights to make sure that uh, various corporate bodies didn't fall over uh, come that midnight. And I'm still very proud of that piece of work um, because it took forethought and planning and um, a certain amount of persuasion uh, amongst people who really didn't want to spend any money upgrading their servers, thank you very much, that were, that were working quite well. So there is, there's still a great deal to be proud of there. I'm very proud of the Go Live um, in the walk-in centre, uh, Manchester Royal Infirmary, because that was a big project for me. Uh, it was in an entirely new environment. It's the first time I'd done that kind of work in the NHS, and getting to go live was hard um, because I was still dealing with the culture clash um, that you get when you come fresh into the NHS. I still don't understand why it's so hard for us to take simple decisions sometimes. Uh, but the fact that that went live and there were no fatalities is a real feather in my cap. Um, and the other thing I'm really, really proud of is getting the secondment into this, this current job. Um, because I was a little bit stale where I was uh, working before as an information analyst, which is what I had done in the NHS for over a decade. Um, and just sort of breaking out of that uh, and coming into this role and getting a framework with all its many imperfections that I'm quite happy, um, quite happy to talk about. Um, but, but to get that leg up into an entirely different um, area of thought um, has been very challenging for me and very productive. And I'm really proud of it. And I'm proud of the work that I've done. And and I think you, you sort of alluded at, at an interesting point because you talk about your wins and the achievements you've, you've, you've realised in your career today. And I think it's also important to perhaps also look at how through trial and error, you sort of found your way into this space. And and one can't not talk about failure when we talk about trial and error and how we arrive at this point. So it'll be interesting to get your thoughts on how you've overcome certain challenges and, and failures in your career and, and what essential learning you've been able to derive from, from these experiences. Um, well, anything you've overcome isn't a failure. Um, so I, I find it very difficult um, to think of you know, where you've worked hard and you, you've derived, you, you've got to a situation where you are satisfied with it, that's not failure. If other people aren't happy with it, probably their problem and not yours. You have to, um, you have to be Teflon coated and it, sometimes you just have to act Teflon coated just to save yourself because uh, you can't please everybody all the time. Uh, failure is going to happen uh, every once in a while, I haven't been very good at everything, uh, and that's that's okay. I think you just have to relax and be gentle with yourself. And I think, although that sounds a bit hippie-ish, I think in the year of COVID that we've had, I think more people are coming round to the the thought that you really do have to be mindful of yourself and stop beating yourself up. Uh, we all work hard. If we don't work hard, there isn't anywhere to hide. 
So it's not worth beating anybody up about it. And I'm always on the lookout for learning, really, new learning experiences. But it's interesting what you're saying, because I've just been in the Project Futures Festival today, and they were starting to look for a different definition of failure. Uh, because the way we start with projects um, with a far off distant endpoint is is just not happening anymore, uh, and things can just die a sort of quiet death in the middle, and that's not necessarily a failure anymore. That's just dealing with reality. I agree, very much agree. I think it's important to realise when perhaps it's good to cut your losses or reevaluate yeah. and regroup. Exactly so. Donna, thanks. Thanks for joining us today. I mean, and thanks most you know, for sharing your, your journey today. It's been really good to hear about that and your insights and learnings. And I think you know your, it comes through very clearly. Your passion for change, but equally, I think what I'm hearing as well is about you know we can do a lot more to support each other and also our colleagues in social care. I think so. That's a call out to everybody on the on, who's listening on the podcast. You know, there's a lot we can do to support social care. You've you've heard it here first. Um, so. <laughs> Get involved and, and help, help your colleagues. But I think, you know, I mean, yeah, it's fantastic to be able to, to listen to all of this as well. You, you obviously sound like you've got a busy day job. What do you do outside of, of the day job to relax? Uh, not a great deal at the moment. You know, long, cold winter's evenings. Um, I slob for my country at the moment, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm over fond of a decent glass of red wine. Uh, but I am a bookworm uh, and I do read a lot of history books. But I'm also fascinated with uh, astrophysics, wow. and I'm currently reading Katie Mack's um, End of Everything, astrophysically speaking. Um, if you know, things were back to normal, uh, I'd spend a few evenings a month, hopefully, in comedy clubs. Because uh, that, that's, yeah. Yeah, I used to go to a lot of gigs. Uh, yeah, I would still be doing that. Uh, but it used to be gigs uh, that haven't been any live event like that for a very long time. Great advice. One last thing before you go as well, we we're just saying, um, where can people follow some of the work that you are doing with the Health Foundation? Is there any um, areas you'd like for us to point our listeners towards? Yes, um, end users can uh, come and enjoy the framework to their heart's content. Lots of uh, lovely resources pointed out for them there at www.skillsdevelopmentnetwork.com slash info skills uh, and it has to be slash info skills the website or this portion of the website isn't public yet because uh, it's still in development and we are coming close to the end of the project and we'll be having a meeting uh, to finalize that with the health foundation in the next few weeks and after that it will be uh, publicly available through the northwest skills development networks uh, website when anybody can come and just jump on and use it to their heart's content. Brilliant. Thanks for sharing that with us. It's lovely. Great. Thank you. Thanks for uh, inviting me along for a chat. So I'd like to thank our speaker for joining us today and for everybody else tuning in to this podcast. Uh, look forward to seeing you in the future. <laughs>